0: Hi everyone. My name is Janelle Folino, and I am honored to have been asked to speak for you all today. I'm disappointed that due to the ongoing pandemic, I am unable to be there in person, but will try to make the most of this video recording. Believe it or not, I'm actually more nervous in front of the camera than I would be in person. So here's hoping I can properly translate my experiences to you all. While I certainly don't have the credentials some of the other speakers today have, I come to you as a busy mom of three children, a wife to a professional hockey player formerly for the Columbus Blue Jackets and currently for the Boston Bruins. I'm an avid philanthropist and someone whose faith has been tried time and time again, but it remains at the forefront of my life, and I'm here to tell you how. When I was preparing my talk and thinking about what to say and how to say it, two quotes kept coming to mind. You have undoubtedly heard them before, but I'd like to dissect them a little bit with you today. These sayings are, one, God never gives us more than we can handle. And two, everything happens for a reason. Let me first give you a little background on myself. I grew up in Canada as part of a very small family. I was baptized and raised Catholic, went to Catholic schools my whole life, but truthfully, I never fully connected with my religion until I met my husband, Nick, when I was in university. Growing up, I went to church, and I sang in choir, and I did all the things, but you could say that I was really just going through the motions. My parents never dove into it with me, so I did feel this certain disconnect. Looking back, I'm grateful for this experience, or I guess lack thereof, but when I found my faith again, I really found it. In high school, I went through a period of trying to find myself and my purpose, which I think a lot of us go through at some point in our lives. During these years, I battled a pretty severe eating disorder, and I struggled at finding my place. I often felt lost and alone, despite being surrounded by friends and family. Now that I'm through it and can look back on that part of my life, I really think that controlling my food was my way of trying to feel in control of my life, which felt so out of touch. I think as a woman, we often try to make ourselves small in comparison to others, We feel like it's not okay to be our authentic self, and we try to minimize our strengths so as to not make others feel uncomfortable. Luckily, I think society has come a long way in encouraging women to be the best versions of themselves, and I realize that not only is it good for them, but for everyone around them, too. For me, my version of making myself small was very literal and trying to physically take up less space. Thankfully, through a lot of the work on my mental health, which, by the way, is continuous and ongoing, I was able to break free from the mold I was trying to fit myself into. When I think of my husband's upbringing, I realize it was very different than mine. God, their faith, individually and as a family, were a priority in their home. When we first started dating and I was coming around his family, I noticed that they prayed before every meal, they spoke about what was being taught in church, and they openly openly brought God into their home. This was new to me, but I was drawn to it. So when I say I found my faith again, I think that that was the point. Nick and I would have long conversations, and though it was difficult for me to knock down the walls I had put up, slowly but surely I found myself able to open up and to do it through my connection with my faith once again. So... At this point, let's fast forward to us starting our own family and having our first child, Milana. Within 24 hours of her birth, we found out she was born with a rare congenital heart defect that would require surgery at three weeks old. This was our first true trial, and to this day, we believe the power of prayer is what kept her with us. We had a large community of people praying, and it made all the difference. Many of you in this very room might remember, and it truly did lift us up. Now let's come back to the first quote, God never gives us more than we can handle. I have heard this, as well as used it myself, time and time again. At this point, I want to tell you about a series of events that happened about two years ago within a period of five months. It was the first week of November 2018. Our daughter, Milana, who was five years old at the time, started having unexplained fevers and fatigue. Within a week, she was diagnosed with a bacterial infection to her synthetic mitral valve, which is called endocarditis. She was hospitalized, and this meant she would require her second open-heart surgery, but not before she could be cleared from the infection to her heart. She had to take a break from kindergarten and stay at home so I could administer her six weeks of antibiotics through a port in her arm. Then she would travel to Boston for her open-heart surgery. After two weeks in the hospital in Boston, we returned home and within a couple of weeks her brother Landon, three years old at the time, broke his leg in a trampoline accident. Two days after his accident, their youngest brother Hudson, a year and a half, was hospitalized for five days with a respiratory infection. We were now in February and Landon was casted still for a total of eight weeks and could not put any pressure on his leg. He would then require a lot of physical therapy to get walking properly again. When the cast finally came off, it was a couple of days later when our youngest son went back into the ICU for another respiratory infection. This time it quickly turned into a life-threatening pneumonia and a collapsed lung. He spent a month in the ICU, which included 20 days on a ventilator and heavy narcotics to keep him sedated and comfortable. When we finally took him home, He was still in withdrawal, and we continued his weaning protocol from the narcotics at home. If you've ever seen a baby in drug withdrawal, let me tell you, it is both disturbing and heartbreaking. And I tell you this not so that you can pity us, but so that you can understand our trials and how we easily could have wavered from our faith. We could have questioned it all, asking why God, why us, but instead we clung to our faith more than ever. People would ask us, how did you do it? To which we would answer that we just did. We had to. But really, we weren't alone. We had God working through us and through the community that surrounded us. And yes, we continued to say God never gives us more than we can handle. And we believed that. There obviously are times where we would think, really? Because this seems like a lot more than I can handle. And It wasn't until recently that I read a passage in a book that spoke to me and gave me a new perspective on it all. It was talking about exactly that, that God doesn't just give us what we can handle. He gives us more than we can handle. The author went on to explain that God often gives us way more than we're comfortable with so that we might cry out to him. These crises, these crossroads, are a call that we should seek God and perhaps feel our way toward Him and find Him. Yet He is actually not far from each one of us. Acts 17.27 This turning to God makes us ultimately realize we need something, someone outside of ourselves. We need Him as our load bearer and our rescuer. Let's think about that. It's a different position than you may or may not have considered, but one that is so clear to me now. So now what about everything happens for a reason? We question this. We really have a hard time accepting this. Sometimes we just can't understand what that reason would be. And I don't think that we are meant to understand all the reasons. God moves through us, and God really does have a plan. I used to try to analyze my hardships and try to pull the reasons from them. And I definitely think I've determined some of them, but I'm at the point now that I just trust and believe and I have the knowing that we have become stronger individually and as a family. Let me give you an example. Remember when I told you I battled an eating disorder and some major body image issues? Well, now I have to raise a daughter who has a special heart and is full of scars from two open heart surgeries and several minor surgeries. I have to teach her how to love her body. I cannot be a hypocrite in this. Children are sponges, and they're so intuitive. They can see right through us, and they can sense it all. God has showed me a path to use my experience in order to help others. So to me, and who knows, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, maybe God had me go through this self-doubt and my own body image journey so that now I have the tools and the experience to be able to guide my daughter, but also other young girls and women. About 10 years ago now, I worked with a charitable organization in Ottawa, Canada when we lived there at the time, where I created positive body image programs and traveled within elementary schools and middle schools presenting to young girls and boys. It really felt like it had divine purpose, and it really came full circle to me. I'd like to share another perspective that I think goes along with what I've been talking about here. It stems from a dear friend of ours, Tim Kite, who started out as a leadership coach to my husband, but he quickly became like family to us. One of his main teachings is E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Essentially, when something happens, how we choose to respond will ultimately determine how it plays out and what the result will be. As a Catholic, I used to reject that equation a little bit because I would say, we don't create our outcomes. We aren't in the driver's seat. But through reflection and through prayer, I've come to my own conclusion about it and that it really can fit into God's plan. The way I see it now is that our response is rooted in God and turning to Him is what helps us in our response to then earn our outcome. And even just sharing this ideology and how I was able to adapt it to fit it within my own faith shows the continuous growth and reflection that comes along with our faithful journey. I want to thank you all for allowing me to share my journey through my faith, and I'd like to finish today by saying this. You might think that the opposite of faith is doubt, but in reality, the opposite of faith is actually sight. When you want to live by faith, you have to live with less control, less with knowing or understanding, and you live with a sense of love and with a sense of peace. And all in all, trust in God and where he will guide you. I'm going to leave you with a little picture slideshow of our journey to give you a little feel of our family unit. I hope you have a great day, and thanks again.